0: Hey everyone, I'm Johnny.
1: I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books.
0: Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook.
1: And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste.
0: This week's featured cookbook is...
1: At Home in the Kitchen by David Kinch with Devin Fuller.
0: Hi Johnny. Hey Victoria. How's it going? 1 week away. <laughs> 1 week away. It's a big day. We are recording our last podcast at our home here in Chicago before our big move to the Minneapolis, which no one in Minneapolis actually calls it that. They absolutely do not. <laughs> but uh yeah. So lots of activity in in our house. Lots of packing up. Yep. Um welcome to Tasty Pages, episode 48 um a podcast from cooking the books we just celebrated our 1 year anniversary as well
1: Happy anniversary yeah. happy anniversary
0: Did I tell you that I went back and listened to the first podcast that we recorded um I believe you mentioned it Yeah I was at the gym and I probably haven't listened to it since we published it and it was kind of interesting to go back and and see the first one I feel like and- it
1: might have been a little bit more dry and a little bit more. Boring. There was no joke. No, there was not. That's
0: why everyone tunes into this. So, <laughs> oh, is that yes. why? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it was. It was interesting. I'll, I'll leave it up to the listeners to decide. Uh, but it, there, there was like some nervous uh, pauses and a little, maybe a little slower pace to everything.
1: I know I used to say um a lot. I've been really trying to work on not, not saying that. Yeah. So hopefully, I've been
0: a little bit successful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it sounded it was fine. Hey, we took the first step and just got it started. Right. And it's evolved since then. Yeah. To the to the juggernaut that it is now. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really talk about any extraneous stuff and and like what we we're up to and what we we're watching and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. That's that's the that's the evolution of it.
1: I remember us always just getting straight to straight to the book.
0: And talking in agonizing detail yes. about the recipes. <laughs> Um, Well, before we jump into this, let me get a few housekeeping things out of the way. If you visit our website, uh, wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab, which will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And there's a couple of lists on there, kitchen essentials for home cooks, as well as our favorite cookbooks that we've featured over on Instagram. If you make a purchase from either of those lists, You will uh, support what we're doing. It won't cost you a penny more, and you'll get a little something in return. Win-win. Awesome. All right. Uh, You want to talk about what we just finished up? Yes. (laughs) Don't sound so (laughs) excited. We just finished
1: up uh, Chinese Food Made Easy by Ross Dobson. Good
0: old Ross Dobson. (laughs) Poor guy. We don't even know him, and we're just mocking him already he he, uh, he apparently is an authority on Chinese cuisine. He lives in Australia. Mhm. We'll get to this later in a future episode. Yeah, we don't um, want to drag it out over but here. But we we photographed our final meal here in Chicago for the cooking of the book's Instagram feed, um Peking duck.
1: Yep, Peking duck with those yummy little pancakes.
0: Yep. Yeah. So uh when we started this uh project two and a half years ago out of our house it started on a shoestring budget we had stars in our eyes and uh it's pretty much the same now (laughs) right iphone photos i
1: was waiting for it i hope diy aesthetic i hoped you were gonna say it's still basically the same yeah but
0: uh, we'll just be doing it from a different location but uh yeah exciting things to come right um One thing we did though is we packed up all of our kitchen and pantry, and uh, we have we don't even have any bowls.
1: I ate cereal from uh, the one coffee mug that I have left out. How was that for you? (laughs) I mean, it served its purpose. It, It. worked i got the food into my belly
0: i could have dumped it into your hands (laughs) (laughs) but uh it it kind of forced us to improvise because the other night we were gonna make a caprese salad Mm -hmm. which we did we did um and we didn't have a sheet tray for toasting the bread Nope. we we had a cast iron plancha that weighs about 20 pounds Yes, that I, I put the bread on and chucked in the oven.
1: And also, I will usually lay out the tomato and mozzarella and hit it with salt and pepper. And obviously, I do that on a sheet pan. Yep. So I did it on a piece of um, parchment paper. Yeah. Um, do what you got to do. And I used a small uh, stainless steel metal prep bowl to uh, make some garlic oil.
0: Little low simmer mm-hmm. on the back burner. It worked lovely. Instead of our little, we have this cute little, like one and a half cup, two cup little saucepan that we usually do that in.
1: Yeah, and props to props to you because it was your idea.
0: Yeah. it wasn't that great of an idea, but I'm glad it worked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was a great idea. All
0: right, give yourself a pat on the back, man. Uh, good job, Johnny. Yes. Um. Yeah, but I, I guess if 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 anything comes out of this, it's that we. Had to kind of improvise using what little we had available to us. And uh the good news is we did it. Yes, we did. And that was a good Caprese salad.
1: So let's talk about what we're uh doing for dinner tonight. All
0: right. So yeah, all this week it's like takeout and delivery options. Mm-hmm. Um last night was uh pizza from our favorite little local place. And tonight Fried
1: Chicken. Yep.
0: We've talked about this fried chicken place a few different times yeah. on episodes, but it's so good.
1: It makes us sound like that's all we eat. It's fried right? chicken.
0: We once a week, I swear. It's usually just once a week when when we're done featuring whatever book we're working on. So uh, but all this week, it's gonna be like Christmas.
1: I know. Gotta gotta go extra hard at the gym though. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and the little bit of packing we have to do, I think we'll I think we'll be okay.
0: I hope so. <laughs> all right. Um before we talk about today's show topic i did want to mention and this was something that you discovered and Mm -hmm. kind of turned us on to but uh we just watched this documentary on hulu uh and the cakes of versailles Mm -hmm. right no s no S. silent i said versailles the other day (laughs) you you corrected me
1: i was like did you just say versailles (laughs) i
0: did because i'm a dummy versailles (laughs) All right. Yeah. You want to you want to kind of set it up. You can you can just read the thing from Hulu. Uh, the yeah. Little, like bio thing, but it, it was it was a great uh, it was a great watch. And yeah. I would Recommend it to anyone uh, that is into Mr. Rodolenghi as we are.
1: And if I don't read from the bio, I want to spare you going off onto a large tangent yes. and like wandering. So um, it says, uh, celebrity chef. Yotam Adelenghi assembles a star-studded team of the world's most innovative pastry chefs to put on a Versailles-themed culinary gala at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York.
0: Is it gala or gala? Gala. Gala. Versailles? Versailles. (laughs) (laughs) So many questions I have. (laughs) But this was good. And I I was completely unaware of it until we checked it out. So I'm not sure when it came out. Is it relatively new?
1: Oh, it just came out. Okay, with, so it, I don't
0: feel so bad. Like it was like under the radar or something. No,
1: I literally, literally saw a a ad while scrolling through Twitter. Okay, so.
0: but uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it really gives you a peek behind the scenes at what goes into an event like this, and these people kind of performing at the highest level.
1: And just the the wow. beauty, the beauty of the the creations is so mind blowing. Yeah. The fact that someone can do that is—I'm befuddled. Yeah.
0: So recommended. Two yes. thumbs up. Check it out. Absolutely. All right. Um, the show topic for this week kind of ties in with this book that we'll be talking about. Um, it's funny because I didn't didn't even make that association. Yeah? At all.
1: Man, I'm a dummy. i I'm
0: I'm uh, I'm trying my best to. To make these topics and jokes and everything related so it's it's a it's a theme with each episode takes jo- it to the next level you're doing a great job yeah um so favorite music while cooking and we got a ton of responses so thank you for those um for those that don't know i think we've mentioned it before but victoria and i met uh at a record store that mm-hmm. we both worked at in minneapolis many, many years ago when we were little babies.
1: Yes, he was my boss. You know,
0: first first and only employee I ever dated.
1: Well, I should hope so. Yeah, it,
0: it, it could have been an HR nightmare. <laughs> could have been lawsuits. But instead, we got married.
1: Yeah. All right. It worked out.
0: Um. But yeah, so needless to say, music is kind of uh, an important part of our lives. And I would uh, venture to say it's probably important in uh, some of our listeners, judging by some of these responses. Mm-hmm. So without further ado... Let's go to the listener responses. Victoria, All take right. it away.
1: My loving spoonful," said Michael Buble and James Taylor.
0: Have you heard those bubbly sparkling water? I heard one
1: today for the first yep. time, Michael Buble. But it was funny. I was like, "Boobly water." He's having his own water, and then they're like, "Bubbly." Yep. I was like, "Oh, that's really that's really clever." Yep.
0: Don't tell him that it's not named after him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hey, that's a perfect answer. Um Iratchka at Irochka said Nina Simone. Perfect cooking music. Mm-hmm. Um If
1: you haven't seen the documentary called What Happened Miss Simone.
0: It's a Netflix one, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go go watch it. It's fabulous. It is
0: good. Uh you want to take the next one?
1: Yes, Mike Buzinski said Richie Valens. All right.
0: I'm down for that. Uh we in the kitchen said uh, the quiet storm station. I love oldies still soul. Uh, I agree. Right. And there is a great little uh, documentary. I mean, I hesitate to call it a documentary because it's like 15 minutes long, but it's on YouTube. It's produced by the fine folks over at Vox, V-O-X. Um, and it's all about the history behind quiet storm mm. and like the radio station that kind of launched it all. And then how it you know the definition of it and what artists were like classified as quiet storm early on and it, it's really fascinating because um, i had heard the, tor- the term before but i never really knew the origins of it or you know what would fall into that category so right yeah, check it out
1: okay um let's see uh coffee queen gets healthy said smooth jazzy coffee house vibe music All right. Mm-hmm.
0: that works Uh, Our friend Joseph P. said Wilco, who we're going to see next uh, Saturday. Yes, before we, before we bust out of Chicago, and it's one last time.
1: It's at uh, Pritzker, right? Yeah, it's outside. This will actually be my very first time going to Millennium Park for something other than a protest. (laughs)
0: Like I have just there might be a protest too. I,
1: (laughs) I haven't gone and. Yeah.
0: And then uh our friend Missy B said Feist. Nice. Which is great. Didn't Wilco and Feist do something together? They
1: did. Oh. Ah.
0: A little, little uh it? little common thread there. Yes. Um Tanya M said Pearl Jam or anything rock and roll? Good choice. Yes. Dean V said bossa nova. I'm
1: shocked. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and Lee D said it varies. Of course, generally funky stuff when cooking family and metal. Um, oh, when cooking with family and metal, uh, punk and hardcore when
0: solo cooking. All right, mm-hmm. so a little more aggressive when you're yes. doing the solo. Um, our friend Corey B said Kiss. I don't know if I can get behind that one. No. Sorry, sorry, Corey B. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, Your opinion is wrong, yep. Corey. Yep. <laughs> Our friend
0: David A said uh, he's got a few of them uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Yes. Works for me. Buena Vista Social Club. Mm-hmm. Prince. Yes. Bill Withers. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Chet Baker. And Frank Sinatra. That's a lovely mix. It is. For some time in the kitchen.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Mike T said um, Metric, Private Dancer, or Sia.
0: I don't know Private Dancer.
1: I don't either. Whenever I hear "private answer, I just think of Tina Turner.
0: Maybe that's what he was thinking of. I don't know. Hmm. I'll have to. I'll have to investigate. You'll
1: have to ask the
0: Googs. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, let's move on to our picks. What did, what did you have, Victoria?
1: Um. Well, I feel like we do two, one of two things when we're cooking: we check out new stuff that, like, you write about or whatever. Um, but then sometimes I feel like we do play some playlists, like the you know, like the New Jack Swing stuff and yeah, nineties oh, hip hop. Yes, that's
0: a good one. Um, yeah,
1: nineties East Coast hip hop. Yeah, but I feel like that is kind of the only playlist that we do. So yeah, I kind of take that back. Um, but you don't have to take it back, okay. <laughs> uh, but if I am cleaning. I will, like, listen to, like, specific artists. But we're not talking about cleaning music. We are talking about cooking music. Yes.
0: And what... Much more pleasant. What says you? Um, This was tough. Um, We have such a varied taste and Mm -hmm. a varied mix because of our, you know, experience working at record stores. And um, we just... We have such broad tastes. So uh, I would say Neo Soul is in regular rotation. And by that, I mean, like, stuff like Jill Scott... Erica Badu, Maxwell, just you know, kind of more down tempo, mm-hmm. good groove. Um, but like you said, we like checking out new releases. Sometimes I'll just go on Amazon and just see what's been released in the last couple weeks, and we'll just you know, and it'll be like, oh, I didn't know that. You know, now that we don't work in record stores, I'm kind of out of the loop on everything that gets released now. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to see. Oh, this person just released a new album, and then sometimes I'll just even go by the album cover and if it looks interesting Mm -hmm. I'll pick it and it's it's great I just uh, what was the thing I was playing the other day Bobby Sessions yes hip hop guy who I believe is out of Texas he was talking a lot about Texas in his his, uh, raps but uh, great stuff it kind of reminded me of like Kendrick Lamar
1: yes I heard I heard a little bit of that that in his voice too and I I thought the same thing yeah
0: Um, but then we also listened to more like kind of mainstream pop stuff like Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and Dua Lipa. Um, we also listen to a lot of classic stuff like a uh, big fan of the band. So oh, things I like love that. The band so much, you know, bossa Nova is always an option. Um, if you're interested, take a look at our Instagram profile and you'll see a badge on there uh, on the main page called kitchen music. And I'll post up stuff that we're listening to randomly on any given night. Um, so that's a good way to kind of get a glimpse behind the scenes of like the kind of stuff we listen to.
1: You see, we could have just been asking, been like, well, if you want to know the answer, yeah. you should head yeah. over to our Instagram.
0: I mean, I might make a Spotify playlist. I've talked about that for a while. So um, we'll see. So there you go. All right. Thanks to everyone that submitted those. They yeah. Keep them it, was, it, was a,
1: it was fun seeing everybody's taste.
0: Yeah. Um, should we talk about uh, At Home in the Kitchen? I think that's what we're here for. All right. Um, So now we've been uh, familiar with David Kinch, obviously. He's been on our radar for years. We've not yet had the privilege of dining at his restaurant. Um, But this book endeavors to take you inside his home kitchen for a taste of what he might make on a day off or maybe at a small after work gathering of coworkers, family, friends. Um, It's got over 120 food and drink recipes Um, everything's pretty thoughtfully composed, uh, with a very laid back kind of welcoming vibe throughout the pages. Um, anything else we can say about this before we talk about the dishes we made?
1: Um, well, we would be remiss if we did not mention, um, the co-writer Devin Fuller. Um, she has worked in restaurants since college Mm -hmm. and she got a job at, um, David's restaurant, Man Man Manresa. And um, she started there as a polisher, which is exactly what it sounds like. She polished all the um, cutlery and dishware and stuff. But she ended up wait, working her way up. They became friends and...
0: She helped co-write the book. And, now they got, are and received credit for yes. it, which I think is uh, not only well-deserved, but great that yes. he acknowledged that. Because sometimes... There will be a co-writer behind the scenes that doesn't get the same billing um, in the book. So it can go either way. Um, You want to just give a brief overview of the dishes we made and then we'll come back and kind of give our thoughts and talk in a little bit more detail.
1: Absolutely. All right. Uh, First, there is an onion and brioche soup with a poached egg and manchego. Um, Next is mushroom al horno with crusty bread. Then there's roasted red pepper and onion salad with mozzarella and basil, uh, pasta and pesto and avocado, then Brussels sprouts with cider and goat cheese, uh, herbed goat, herb. You said herb. <laughs> I
0: did. Are you, are you British suddenly? <laughs> El- I was unaware.
1: Hello, governor. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Herbed goat cheese and chorizo tartine with honey. Uh, and then we ended with a drink. Moscow mule with fresh strawberry syrup. Man,
0: we made a lot of stuff from this book. We sure did. And we, we had a tough time narrowing it down. And that's, you know, another, you know, we talk about this all the time, but great sign of a of a cookbook when everything looks appealing and you really have to struggle to narrow it down. Right. Uh, let's talk this onion and brioche soup with a poached egg and manchego.
1: All right. So apparently this is a staple on the uh, man's
0: Manresa? Manresa. Oh, man. <laughs> I like man's <Mansreya> better.
1: <laughs> it's funny because there's a podcast. There's an SUV podcast that I listen to, and one of the characters on SUV is called Barba, and the host always says Barbara. Barbara. Barbara all the time. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, this was beautiful. It was really simple and clean. Um,
0: Yeah, really delicate dish. Yes. Um,
1: However, we couldn't... We didn't have... um, Parmesan rinds, so we use some of our own chicken stock. I asked the woman at the deli for Parmesan rinds, and she just did not understand me. She kept holding up, like, blocks of Was she looking Parmesan. at you like you were British? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, um,
0: so the recipe calls for a, a Parmesan stock, mm-hmm. and uh, we use chicken broth. So yes. our, our broth was a little darker in color yeah. than, the, than the accompanying photo for this. But uh, aesthetics aside, it was, it was tasty. Mm-hmm. Still beautiful.
1: Um, it gets uh, blended up in a blender till it's nice and smooth.
0: Okay. We've seen uh, countless videos on TV of the hapless chef pouring some hot liquid into a blender and turning it on, and then half of the contents ends up on the ceiling and on their chef's coat. So pro tip, start the blender on low speed work your way up right otherwise you'll be wearing that hot liquid
1: indeed that's not good (laughs) um let's see so after we blend it then it gets a little bit of dijon mustard stirred in some sherry vinegar and then you add a triangle of manchego cheese and a poached egg
0: lovely yes i i love the addition of the mustard and the sherry vinegar at the at the very end because uh it just really elevates this dish. Yeah. It brings those like flavor components. And I
1: feel like it looks so elegant. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes. Um, let's move on to the next one.
0: Yeah. Uh, mushrooms El Horno with crusty bread. Doesn't get much easier than this. This was probably the simplest dish that we composed. Absolutely. From the book. Um, it had a mix of uh, fungi. I just like saying <laughs> that. Fungi. <laughs> uh what do we have in there baby oyster mushrooms
1: shiitakes and king trumpet trump trumpets (laughs) and then uh
0: there was a, a wonderful mix of herbs yep
1: little garlic parsley some dry white dry white wine cat has got my tongue today yes and olive oil um and then we get a little bit of share a little quick flash of sherry vinegar in there at the end for your acid.
0: Just brighten it up a little Mm -hmm. bit. But I mean, this recipe more than any kind of demonstrated just how masterful chef Kinch is at like composing flavors and everything kind of makes sense. And then there's that little flourish at the end where, you know, this would have been a fine dish without that sherry vinegar, but, that sherry vinegar That little hit at the end Just kind of like Elevates it Yeah Brings yeah. it to the It next absolutely level. does
1: speak To his knowledge That knowing You know That little Splash of, yeah. of Acid Does wonders
0: And we had this for lunch This was like a perfect lunch mm-hmm. It was great uh, You want to talk This roasted red pepper And onion salad Absolutely With mozzarella yes. And basil
1: <laughs> Um, Well I have to say we were a little bit worried that the onions would be overwhelming, that it would be really oniony. Yes. But uh, after the onions get roasted, they they mellow out a little bit. And it almost
0: brings out like the sweetness in them, but like you said, it it like mellows the flavor. Yeah. Too.
1: Well, and I think the sweetness from the red pepper is also <laughs> kind of elevates that to um goes on a platter gets some fresh mozzarella and the dressing for this is uh the cooking liquid from the onions and the peppers gets reserved. serves right? as a base for it yeah. yeah
0: and it's it's an intense flavor mm-hmm. from from those uh two ingredients um we had this with some grilled sausages for dinner and it was like it was perfectly lovely um Man, this was... And, and I love seeing the technique of roasting the red peppers on a stovetop burner because that's kind of our method of mm-hmm. doing it here in the kitchen, too. Um, anything else to say about this? It was lovely. Yes. Uh, you had a great photo, too, with your, with your plate.
1: Yes, I bought a new plate that day.
0: And it made, the, it made its debut it, in this photo. And it
1: was phenomenal. I thought it, it was... It's like this beautiful bright
0: pink got to check it out on Instagram. Yeah. It's um, lovely.
1: And and I love that plate so much. It is my favorite plate and I found a green one the other day
0: that matches it or that's like same style. Yes. Nice.
1: It was it was like the highlight of my day. <laughs>
0: it's the little things. Right? <laughs> Let's talk uh, pasta with pesto and avocado. So now in this recipe, David Kinch gives you two options for making this uh, pesto. Uh, what he calls the right way, which involves using uh, mortar and pestle and a whole lot of patience uh, and elbow grease. And then what he calls the other way, which trades the food processor for those ancient tools. Um, sorry, Mr. Kinch, we use the other way. <laughs> hey,
1: we can be lazy sometimes. <laughs> Impatient,
0: lazy, whatever you want to call it. We are unapologetically guilty. Sorry, Mr. Kinch. Um but once that pesto's composed, there's really not much to do than boil some water for the pasta. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what
1: pasta did we use? Tagliatelle. Yeah. Um, see, and I'm always like, does it get the e at the end? Tagliatelli. I think it's just tagliatelle.
0: Versailles. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back to that.
1: <laughs> um So yeah.
0: I loved the addition of the avocado. At the end, you just cut it up in small cubes and add it to the to the pasta, and and the same thing that we've been talking about all along. Like it elevates this really simple pasta dish.
1: It gives it this like nice fatty unctuousness.
0: Yeah, and this like rich richness to it. Um, I mean, it's still a very simple dish to mm-hmm. make, but just that addition of avocado. It's just like so masterful. Um, really love this one. Uh, all right, let's talk Brussels sprouts. With cider and goat cheese. A lot of people don't like Brussels sprouts.
1: Well, I feel like a lot of people have had them prepared fairly poorly. Don't boil them, people. Yeah, that's How did that become a thing? I don't know. It's disgusting and it smells like farts. I
0: don't think we ever boil Brussels sprouts.
1: No, but I think my mom did.
0: Why would you do that?
1: Didn't know any better. I guess. I mean, when in doubt, with your vegetables, roast them.
0: So this was a great dish. We uh, foolishly forgot to buy apple cider when we were grocery shopping for this. Victoria saved the day, though. I sure did. What you do?
1: I made an apple cider vinegar gastrique. Um, for those of you who don't know what a gastrique is, it's... Me, it, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's caramelized sugar with vinegar or another very sour liquid added to it. Um, very simple to make, so we use that for um, the dressing, yeah. and it worked perfectly lovely. Um, let's see what else can I say about this. Uh, the, along with the Brussels sprouts, there was some. We did some lardons of pancetta. Uh-huh. Uh, there was shallots, goat cheese, some thin slices of Granny Smith apple. I
0: love the apple in this.
1: Little bit of tartness. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well, because everyone's familiar with like Brussels sprouts and bacon, kind of mm-hmm, a classic pairing. Mm-hmm. And this is like such a clever twist on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, this would be a great little side to bring to a potluck or backyard barbecue kind of thing. A
1: good Friendsgiving Yeah, dish.
0: yeah. So uh, another standout from the book. All right. We loved it. All right. Uh, herb goat cheese and chorizo tartine. With honey. Mm-hmm. Toast. It's a fancy toast.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I'm here for eating bread whenever I can. Yep. <laughs> I As mean, am I. If, if I can have an excuse to eat it, give it to me. And this was delicious because it was spicy, savory, sweet. Um, but I have to say I'm not a huge fan of honey. I don't love the taste. Yes. So... Um, I didn't put very
0: much on mine. Do you prefer agave or do you not like that either?
1: Um, Because
0: I know that's often used as a substitute for honey.
1: No, I don't really have. No. All right. I don't prefer it. All right.
0: (laughs) This had a ton of fresh herbs in it too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thyme, tarragon, chives, and parsley, along with some lemon juice and zest. So you just had like all these flavor components marrying, but they all went well. They all kind of made sense. Yep. Love the chorizo. The, um, the, well,
1: those are... Did you did you see? I must have been zoning out. Did you say that they get um, mixed up in the goat cheese? No. Yes. The, the herbs go in the goat cheese, which serves as the base on the toast. and Before then, you put the chorizo mm-hmm, on. And yep. then it gets the chorizo.
0: Yeah. This was another thing that we enjoyed for lunch, and it was perfect. There you go. All
1: right. And, and then uh,
0: we finished it off with a drink.
1: Yes. Uh, as we
0: often do if... Uh, book has a drink recipe in it
1: and at this time we were kind of getting into using strawberries in our cocktails well they were in season yes so this was absolutely perfect Um, we did a Moscow mule with fresh strawberry syrup Um, basically it's vodka ginger beer and then what you do is you macerate some uh, strawberries and then you you use the liquid from that as like your simple syrup kind of
0: I have to confess, I was a little embarrassed when you walked into the kitchen and caught me macerating. Uh. <laughs> huh? Huh? Is this thing on?
1: Thankfully, it's. Th- uh, <laughs> thankfully, this is not your joke for the day.
0: It is not. That's a bonus. <laughs> That's a free one. I, a I, I don't
1: know if I'd call it a bonus,
0: but <laughs> we'll call it something. Oh, and then uh, so this was basically just a clever twist on a Moscow mule mm-hmm. as the... Title of the recipe he suggests, <laughs> but we're we're big fans of the Moscow Mule. It's it's kind
1: of become my go-to summer drink. Yeah. So yeah, there is that.
0: We loved it. All um, right. Before we talk about our rankings for this book, let's go to the most critical Amazon reviews. There was two. Mm-hmm. There were no one or two star reviews. So no. That's great. So I, I would I would say maybe these are critical. I wouldn't classify them as negative. They're, right. they're kind of neutral, yes. maybe.
1: There's good and bad points. Yes. Okay, so... so you
0: you start with the first one. The, the second one's kind of a novel, so yes. if you want to go take a nap or something, I'll I'll read that and wake you up when Will I'm done. Will do. All Thanks.
1: Right. Um, the, this one is from Lisa M. She gave it three out of five stars. She said, good for beginners. Not really exciting for home cooks who have experience cooking different types of food. It's better for
0: beginners. Okay. I mean... Fair. Yeah. I, I would I would say the target audience for this book is probably like home cooks or or beginners. so
1: the recipes were very pretty easy. Yeah. so
0: all right, here here's the second review. Also three out of five stars. This is crazy for cookbooks. And they said for the serious foodie, I really wanted to love this book. I really did. I was excited to learn how an accomplished restaurant chef approaches cooking at home. When he's off the clock and immersed in the demands of everyday life. But I guess I have come away believing that his approach and mine are very different. And that is why he's a chef and I'm merely a home cook. This book would be much appreciated by anyone who considers as pantry items or even has reasonable access to things like persimmons, dried hibiscus flowers, bone duck breast, and Meyer lemons. You still with me? Uh, (laughs) Overall, I had a difficult time relating my general approach in the kitchen to this cookbook. There were some offerings that I will incorporate into my repertoire. Um, The tomato strawberry salad was delicious and a unique stunner. Um, And I'm absolutely looking forward to experimenting with homegrown tomatoes this summer. Um, But only a serious foodie is likely to make a chicken recipe, which specifies 12 green beans. (laughs) I don't recall that one. Or enjoy a page on making coffee which involves a scale and grinding your own beans grinding your own beans how scandalous right we do that every morning but i but i get the point yeah um i i feel like the stuff that we chose to make was not particularly like quote unquote chefy no maybe there were a few recipes that kind of slipped by that had elements of that yeah. in it um but i guess i don't recall like anything being like particularly like challenging or involved um
1: yeah all right
0: i i i I guess i'm feeling what they're what they're saying so we'll leave it at that okay let's talk about our rankings yes food photography and styling what say you victoria
1: i gave it a 3.5 okay no you know what i'm gonna change it to a four yeah i know right okay okay um tell us why well okay first of all the pictures before the pictures that happen before the first chapter, um, I think do a really good job of giving you some insight into the things that he likes. Yes. like there's records, um, tin fish. David um, on a scooter. Yeah. David so, surfing at the beach. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that aspect of it. The food photos themselves. They're okay, they're good. They're very good. They're Mm -hmm. beautiful photos. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there is absolutely no clear as there isn't really an aesthetic to them. Um
0: Aya Brackett is the food photographer. Okay. So should Um, be mentioned. I I went to look her up on Instagram. She's got a private account. And it it was the right person because it said, you know, food photographer, blah blah blah, you know, but uh Aya, change that account i want right? to see your work we don't, yeah. we don't follow private accounts anyway
1: um there was didn't seem to be any set color palette i feel like every single background was different it's kind of amazing to me um and then there were i just felt the variety of shots it was really scattered because some had hard shadows um uh I guess I'm not being very succinct. I, I
0: I feel what you're saying. There there definitely was not something you could point to as being like one consistent theme or style. Yeah, there was a variety of like angles with the shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I th- I think you're doing a good job of of okay explaining your ranking. Anything right. else? Uh,
1: no. I'll I'll leave you. I'll let you go while I gather my thoughts.
0: Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I gave it a five. Okay. Um, I, I, th- I had my notes moody. Uh, you mentioned the use of shadows. I'm a sucker for shadows and mm, food yes photography. Yes, you are. And, uh, this had plenty of them. Um, all the food was like what I would classify as kind of inviting. It just made you want to like dig in. Um, I don't know how to describe this without it sounding negative. Cause that's not my intention, but like all the utensils and they and they're, they were featured like throughout many photos. They were like. I just put like dirty utensils because they would have like a smear of sauce on it Mm -hmm. or, or butter or whatever the, you know, the, the dish was, or there'd be like crumbs on the fork or the fork would be like tucked into the dish. And so it gave you that impression that it was kind of like you caught this like right when someone's like enjoying it or yes. beginning to eat it. That doesn't
1: sound negative to
0: me at all. Yeah. I, well, I thought that dirty utensils. <laughs> like they took a picture of a sink with like
1: <laughs> gross dishes in it or something.
0: Um, a lot of the photography, the the food that was featured, it was part of like a larger kind of tablescape. So there would be um, lots of drinks I noticed. So there'd be like drinks or beverages in most of the photos whether it was a glass of wine or a glass mm-hmm. of beer or something. And then um, what else can I say? Like uh, there'd be like little finger bowls with like a spice or sauce or condiment or something on the side. And then uh, you mentioned the surfaces that it was kind of a mix of like some of the photographs would be on a tiled surface. Some would be on a linen surface, but to your point, they there wasn't like a consistent Mm-mm. theme, but I didn't mind that. I thought no, it was no, no, kinda, no, no it, not at all. I mean, and then the the props were great. I I thought all the the different props and surfaces were were wonderful. So I, I really enjoyed the photography. I I I loved it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, design and layout. Would you do? Would you give it? I gave it a four. Okay. So we mentioned previously, uh, each recipe has a music pairing suggestion. Mm -hmm. So at the bottom of the page, there'll be like a music pairing and it'll have like a, a particular song. I thought that was a clever idea, and as you know, we've discussed uh, as music fans, um, we certainly enjoyed it.
1: Music pairing is the new wine pairing. Yes,
0: um, I do recall when we were cooking through the Bryant Terry book, Vegetable Kingdom. He did the same thing. Yes, uh, but I think on his book, unlike this one, there was actually a page that had all of the stuff compiled, you know, together. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a playlist, mm. and you could just like go through and. And see everything all in one page. I thought, and th- and this was something that I, I just kind of took away from, um, I was listening to a recent interview with uh, Molly Baz and her cookbook, she makes use of uh, QR codes and mm-hmm. that technology. And you can, for instance, scan a QR code and it would take you to a short video where maybe she demonstrates a particular cooking technique. Or she just gives you like additional information on the recipe that's not in the book. And I thought that they could have done something similar for the music playlist. And maybe it takes you to like a Spotify playlist or something. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that was a real missed opportunity. I would have loved to see them like take advantage of that. And maybe it was just something that they just didn't think of or something. But there is, uh, and then I started doing some research, there is a playlist on Spotify called At Home in the Kitchen with David Kinch, and it features nearly eight hours of music. Um, but I don't think it was something he created. It looked like something that someone else did. Huh. So Interesting. Yeah. But, so anyway, if, if you do have this book or you have the interest in checking that out, it is out there. Um, most of the recipes serve four to six people, which kind of keeps with the theme of feeding a, a small group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that section throughout the book called it helps to know yes and it would give you maybe a particular tip or trick for the recipe it might alert you to any special equipment that's required um, I know there was a lot that would say this dish requires a, you a know, blender yeah or a certain mm-hmm. uh, baking dish or something so I, I thought that was nice um, the chapters are divided into the usual categories like small plates Salad, soups, and starters, pasta and rice, fish, meat, that kind of stuff. But then there's also a dessert section that's entitled "Not Too Sweet," uh-huh. which I thought was really, really nice. And then there was this section, um, "All Day Eggs," plus 2 a.m. dinners. And it and the premise behind it was like a lot. A lot of times, his work um, runs late into the night, and he won't get home until you know 2 a.m. And that's when he makes dinner for himself. Or he sleeps in and has brunch at 1 Mm p.m. And so these dishes in this uh, chapter kind of applied to both like late night eating or like early afternoon eating. And it was mostly like making use of things that you'd probably have on hand in your pantry Mm -hmm. or maybe just like a leftover ingredient that you could put something together with. Um, So I thought that was great. And then, uh, last thing I want to say is Dominique Kren, who we were fans of, did the forward for the book, mm, which I thought yeah. was great. Mm-hmm.
1: What'd you have? Um, I gave it a four as well. You kind of covered everything that I was gonna say. Of course, I did
0: because I talked a lot. Yeah,
1: but and <laughs> th- 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 that's not a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. I have to say the one thing that really irritated me uh-huh. were the the was. And this is so nitpicky. It's the font on the chapter titles.
0: Yes, I know what you're speaking of. It, it just... kind of rem- retro feel. It reminded
1: me of like 2000s like emo music, like the font that you
0: would see on the liner notes or okay. something. I don't know. I, I, I know the font you're talking about, and I thought it was kind of an odd choice, but I it did, was... I it think was, it's
1: so hideous. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I don't really have...
0: I could see it Which, being a very polarizing thing. Yeah. But, uh,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I gave it a four. Okay.
0: So, four and 4 Mm-hmm. Degree of difficulty.
1: I gave it a two. Okay. Um, it, and it kind of goes in keeping with this book. You want stuff that's easy to make when mm-hmm. you're entertaining or, you know, you don't feel like really doing a lion's share of work in the kitchen on your day off. Right. Um. Yeah, and I feel like we picked really easy recipes. And in looking through the book, I feel like a lot. You know, there's the recipes don't have a ton of ingredients. Yep. Um Yeah. Two.
0: Okay. What'd you give it? I gave it a three. Okay. Um, it's probably worth noting we did not choose any dishes from the fish, meat, or dessert chapters, and those were toward the end of the book. And I think that those. Were potentially a little bit more involved. True. I can see this. Okay. Um, I think n- nothing that we made was very difficult. Um, you know, and even in, in that case, you know, for the pesto recipe that we discussed, you are given those two options, like the, the hard way and the easy way. Yeah. Um, I noticed that there's, there's a gnocchi recipe and that was a little more involved, but mm-hmm. it does, there is a, of step by step page with photos that kind of walk you through portioning out the gnocchi, so right. I, I think it really just depends. And I don't know if we chose dishes based on how easy they might be and then like just kind of what we were feeling at the time, or if it was just the, the flavors and the dishes that appealed to us, or maybe both. Maybe we looked at something and we're like, eh, that looks too involved. <laughs> And so
1: I feel like that might have been the case because it was early earlier in the summer.
0: And but I I think overall, I mean, this might not be a book for like an absolute beginner in the kitchen, but for a, a, you know, a competent home cook, you should have no trouble navigating most of these recipes Mm -hmm. easily. So. All right. And then lastly, taste. I gave it a five. Yes.
1: I thought that everything The flavors were very clear and Mm -hmm. he also, but yet he had a very delicate
0: touch with it too. All killer, no filler. There you go. What did you give it? (laughs) I gave it a five as well. Uh, I enjoyed everything we made. I think David's 40 plus years of experience as a chef are reflected in the recipes. Right. And everything was just very thoughtful. I, I got the same impression with a lot of these as I do when we work through the Langi books, like going back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so masterful. Everything seems to have a purpose. There's nothing that you're like, why is this in here? This seems like yeah. an odd thing. Like everything just made sense. And a lot of these I think started off as like very simple recipes that people are probably familiar with and maybe have had before, but then they just put like a clever spin on it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes something that you haven't had before. And I thought that was really great. So good job.
1: All right. All right. Okay. So if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review us. Um, our socials are Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And at we cookbooks is our Facebook.
0: All right. You know what time it is.
1: Make me laugh. I got a good one. This, oh.
0: this also incorporates music too. So we're, we're coming full circle. Okay. With this theme here. Uh, how do you make a salad wrap?
1: Uh, I do not know. You add
0: some beets. <laughs> eh? Eh? Okay. Yeah? I'll give it to you. All right. Ha-ha. Yeah. Hey, let's talk after the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. A, Have a fantastic week. Wear a mask. Keep on cooking.
1: Bye.